Thank you for joining me for Soulful Conversations with my community of fellow travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. These conversations highlight what travel really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. Each week, I'll be speaking to women who are tourism professionals, world travelers, and leaders in their communities. We'll explore how travel has changed them and how that has rippled out and inspired them to change the world. These conversations are as much about travel as they are about passion and living life with purpose, chasing dreams, building businesses, and having the desire to make the world a better place. This is a community of people who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness, and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. I'm Christine Weinbrenner-Eirich, and this is The Soul of Travel. Alessandra Alonso is the pluri-nominated, award-winning founder of Women in Travel CIC and a professional with 20 years of experience in travel and tourism. Alessandra started her career as a trainee in tourism at the European Commission and later gained senior roles in companies including the World Travel and Tourism Council and KPMG. She subsequently pursued her passion for supporting women and diversity more generally by setting up the consultancy Shine and co-founding the Shine Awards for Women's Achievement in Travel, Tourism, and Hospitality in 2004. Recognized as a trailblazer in the sector and as an expert in gender empowerment and mentoring, Alessandra is also a keynote speaker and regular contributor to publications. She was awarded the Journey Women Award in 2021 for her lifetime dedication to gender empowerment. She has been named one of nine women transforming travel by the Matador Network, one of 50 most important women in travel by Wanderlust Travel, and recently completed a certificate in diversity and inclusion from the University of South Florida. You can easily see why she was on my dream guest list for Soul of Travel, and I really enjoyed talking with her about her journey in this industry and the work that she does to be a catalyst for women's empowerment in the international travel and tourism sector. She also shared about Women in Travel's new community program, the Male Allyship Network, and why that is so important to support the work she is already doing. I greatly appreciated this time to connect with her. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Alessandra Alonso. Welcome to Soul of Travel. I'm so happy today to be joined from Italy today by Alessandra Alonso. Um, She's the founder of Women in Travel. And this is a conversation I have just been patiently and anxiously awaiting for for about a year. So I'm so happy that we're finally able to sit down and make this work. And um, for those of you listening, Women in Travel is a UK based um, award winning social enterprise dedicated to empowering 
all women using travel, tourism, and hospitality as a force for good. And for those of you that are regular listeners, you know that is like singing the song of my heart. And that is part of why this conversation is so important, I think, to have on Soul of Travel. So welcome today to the show. Thank you very much, Christine. And thank you for having me. I'm really honored and delighted to be here. Thank you. Well, to begin the conversation, I would love for you just to take a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners, tell us a little bit about women in travel and your background, then we'll move forward from there. Yes, sure. So I'm Alessandra, as you already said, and I am the founder of Women in Travel CIC. Women in Travel is a social enterprise. Our mission is to economically empower women using travel, tourism, hospitality as a force for good. My background is in travel and tourism. I have over 20 years in the sector. And for the best part of it, I or at least a half of it, I have been working to support women and women empowerment. I started at the European Commission as a trainee. I hadn't chosen tourism, as often seems to be the case with this sector, but ended up in tourism because I was passionate about Europe and European ideals and spoke languages. So someone thought that tourism would be a good sector for me. And interesting enough, I actually ended up working for a small unit that you won't be surprised was understaffed and under-resourced, but that meant that I got to learn a lot because even though I was a trainee, they needed me to do proper work. And so I really enjoyed it. And when I went back to London, as I was originally, I actually moved on to the World Travel and Tourism Council and then to KPMG, where I practically set up the um, tourist division in the UK and then did a lot of work in Europe as well. And it is around that time that I really started to realize the scarcity um, of women. So, you know, I was working with many companies. I was working in the cities with in a fairly male-dominated environment. And I very quickly realized that I was often the only woman in the room. Although, as you know, in fact, the majority of the sort of global workforce in tourism and travel and hospitality across the sector is female. So looking into that, I really began to understand that the sector was rife with inequality and disparity and eventually set up the very first gender consulting in travel and tourism called SHINE and also the SHINE Awards for Women Achievement in Travel, Tourism and Hospitality, which I co-founded back in 2004. And I actually... At that point, got really the opportunity to understand how much work was there to be done, you know, in the in this arena. When sort of we I moved on from Shine and the awards were taken over by the Sector Skills Council, I thought that there wouldn't be further need because the sector was becoming a lot more aware of what was going on in terms of gender diversity and the inequality. More women were coming up the ranks, but actually quickly was sort of told by the many women I used to meet that actually there was a lot of need still for the support and the mentoring and the coaching that we were doing with Shine. And so eventually I started to run events. And because this event brought together an amazing community of women, 
and really showed the power of collaboration, the power of sisterhood, the power of getting women together, I decided to eventually set up Women in Travel. But this time, I also thought that I wanted to really focus on the women who were nowhere near the table. So, yes, there are a lot of women who still feel perhaps they are not fully contributing, they are not having the full opportunity to contribute to the sector. But actually, there is a huge pool of women who are totally invisible. They don't even know that the table is out there and that they can access, they can eventually have a seat. So nowadays, Women in Travel as a social enterprise works with quite a broad range of women. And they go from the highly vulnerable and marginalized, those who might have experienced, you know, modern slavery or domestic abuse or, you know, who are refugees and really need support with access and network and confidence in the first place, all the way to women who feel they are underrepresented or perhaps they don't have any support in their country or, you know, where they are. So we try and support quite a range of women. And we are now five years old. Uh, We are going to publish our first impact report this year, and I'm really excited about that. And we've had some success. You know, I am proud of what we have achieved. We have a small team. You know, the impact is high. And I think it's all to do with the fact that women really work with the community, for the community. And when a woman earns, many more people benefit. Thank you so much for beginning to paint that picture of women in travel and the work that you do. I think that's so important. I think for people who are not in the industry and even some people in the industry to understand the layers of tourism and who's involved and what it takes to make travel and tourism happen. And I think um, I've talked a little bit about this on previous conversations, but as travel consumers, we just see the top of this pyramid and the peak of these experiences and Um, We don't really understand necessarily what it takes to make every type of experience happen. And there's workers um, at all levels of the sector that are contributing to that. And like you said, many of those workers are women. And especially as you kind of move out from the moment of the experience, those workers become more invisible. And so, like you said, that these women sometimes don't even know that they're a part of this industry because they feel and are perceived to be so far removed from the the end experience um so i really love that i may add christine to this because i think it's you're touching upon a very important point and that's exactly the point i think what we find especially when we're the most marginalized is that there is very little understanding of the industry and what's involved there is very little understanding of the opportunities that the industry makes available and what is, you know, employment or work in industry looks like. And actually, you know, we talk about women, but of course, you know, over the years, we've increased our reach in terms of diversity and inclusion. And that's really what we focus on. You know, our our focus is women, but we absolutely do not want to leave anyone behind. and. Women really are at the heart of the community. They are hosts, they are guests. And, you know, I think that's also the reason why the sector resonates so much. 
because ultimately we are opening our homes. We are offering food and never mind where you are in the world or your culture, women tend to have their role. So there is also a, an intuitive understanding of the sector. But as a sector, we definitely need to do better, not only when it comes to including and shining a light on everyone, we can also do better under the sort of in the aspect of having a cohesive approach to you know to talent to management cohesive and inclusive to making sure that everybody can reach their full potential because the sector needs all the talent it can get this just reminded me of an experience i had at a conference that i attended in africa in uganda probably oh gosh i don't even know i think probably 20 years ago 15 years ago and that aside there to kind of talk about what tourism can do. And this was in the lens of um, tourism being a vehicle for peace. And I think very much in the same vein of this is how can it be a force for good, right? Like how can travel do something beyond this idea of just creating experiences or uh, allowing for vacation and relaxation? Like what else is there in the context of travel? And I remember sitting in this group of people where we were meant to be coming and sharing our insights and wisdom. And as I sat at this group of, in this group amongst this community, I like so quickly realized that I wasn't the leader in the room. I wasn't the leader in the space. I wasn't the person that had any of the answers for the things that they were facing. And it was a very humbling moment, but also a really empowering moment to know, I mean, this was literally a table, right? So I was like, these are the people who need to be at the table for these conversations and the power and the passion of the conversations, um, the engagement and that sense of community was something that has stayed with me for the rest of my career since then. It was so powerful. And so I really love what you're talking about, how we need to, I think we make a lot of assumptions about what people can contribute based on their economic status, or like you've said, um, making sure that we're being inclusive and not creating those levels of ranking of people based on an assumed authority or uh, education or, you know, like really dismissing all of those stereotypes and having a authentic connective conversation and then saying what can tourism do what can we allow for it to do what do you need it to do for you and then how can you be a a player in that and I think women in travel has really allowed for people to have those conversations bring them together Uh, we'll talk later about some of the mentorship that you offer but Mm -hmm. I think that's like kind of where this starts is like you said, bringing everyone to the table. And I I just really want to invite people who don't have a broader experience in the industry to understand who that means. And like you said, um, you know, it might be women in a village who are welcoming people into their homes and telling the stories of their communities. Like that is a, for me, that's everything in travel, but that's a really critical piece to making uh, travel valuable, I think, and it might be something that's overlooked in a mainstream picture of tourism. Absolutely. And I mean, we have some experience of that because we started to develop 
some tours in conjunction with Intrepid last year. And we identify and then trained three ladies who we met through our program who came from sort of a multicultural background, quite disadvantaged, quite marginalized, and created tours that offer an insight into their community, although they are London-based. And as you know, Women in Travel is London-based. And what they did, which I think is absolutely amazing, is this ability of offering insights into their community, into their culture and tradition, breaking down the silo, creating connection, whilst actually delivering tours that are around the corner from many of us. You know, you can experience Ethiopian tradition in Shepherd's Bush Market in West London or, you know, the Balkans culture on the South Bank. And, and what that tells you is that the power of telling your story and the power of sort of a narrative that it's about you and your community, um, you don't necessarily have to be on a you know on a long haul flight to do that if you empower the people to tell their stories and i think that feeling of being able to share your culture your tradition your personal stories and insights is really powerful it's powerful for the visitor and it's powerful for you know the ladies who deliver the experience because it reconnects them with their own community and it benefits their community in a way that perhaps normally doesn't happen you know I, I guess that it's very hard for you know if I think about Londoners I wonder how many know about the Ethiopian community and yet you know London being such a multicultural city it is really possible to have this true and genuine experience and understand and and get insights that are phenomenally interesting, relevant, and, and as I was saying, empowering. Hey, it's Christine, interrupting this episode for a moment to make sure you know you still have time to join our 2022 Lotus Book Sojourn. This is a unique journey exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe through the pages of nine specially selected books written by inspiring female authors. Your year-long journey will include 18 guided virtual discussions with a community of like-hearted women, as well as weekly journaling prompts and reflection, and an assigned travel companion for each book in the journey. Last year, women said this was one of the most surprising and impactful experiences they had. Join us for rich discussion, meaningful connection, and opportunity for exploration from the comfort of your home or wherever you might be in 2022. Our first book club gathering on Zoom is January 12th. Visit the website at www.lotussojourns.com backslash book dash sojourn to join today. Now back to our soulful conversation. I think I love that the pandemic has kind of opened those doors to us or made us look in our backyard for these experiences and stories and connections that we have, like you said, kind of overlooked. We may not know that they exist and yet they're, they really should be one of the most important parts of 
what our community stands for, because a lot of, you know, most cities have a, a multicultural, you know, base, they have all of these things that they could be drawing on. And instead of kind of making this more homogenized society, like we can be celebrating these things that, that we have to offer within our communities. And I think that adds, like you said, it's very empowering to the storyteller. It adds a real sense of value and purpose to preserving that cultural identity and being really proud in where we come from. And so I think that's a part of what travel allows for in general, but I love like looking at it, like you said, kind of on this more immediate scale where we we don't have to seek so far away to have these experiences. And so um, I just, I think that that's been a really fun thing to witness all over the globe is people exploring their own cultures and seeing what already exists there. Yeah. Well, we, we started talking about why um, you created the company I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about, or about the social enterprise, sorry, why you really felt it was so important to support this industry and women in specific. I mean, I feel like, and much like you said, people land in travel by happenstance often, but this why that we have that brings us here, supporting women, I know this has been like... I feel like I was imprinted with that why as well. I remember being a child and like already kind of being drafting this mission, Mm. right? Like I knew this was my purpose, but I didn't know anything about what that meant. But I wonder how, when did you really connect that within your own journey that you knew this is what you were going to do? Yeah, I love this question. Thank you, Christine. I think that um, I, enjoyed travel um, I was lucky enough to grow up in a family of people who also enjoyed traveling mostly in Europe mostly by car at the time but you know discovery other cultures and exploring was part of my sort of family DNA I think that what I discovered later on in life and um, sort of went as a grown-up was my social mission and I guess that I certainly sort of my passion is certainly supporting women. My passion is supporting women who can sort of uh, realize their potential, fully contribute to society. I hate the fact that for a variety of reasons, there are still so many women and sort of non-binary individuals out there who are almost wasting their gift because of a lack of opportunity or there is nobody that asks them the question, what would you like to do and how far do you want to go? And I think travel and tourism and hospitality, I come from the WTTC school and therefore think about the sector quite holistically, provides a fantastic opportunity for impact to be created, for the social impact, for mobility, for opportunities to be created. And the reason is, First and foremost, because as a sector, there are very ba- very low barriers to entry. Now, of course, that also means that perhaps the pay and at starting level is quite sometimes low compared to other sectors. But at the same time, it is also true that you can progress quite fast. So what we find is that women who wouldn't normally, you know, 
have the confidence or the courage perhaps to approach other sector because they don't feel they have the qualification and can quickly drum up the courage and the confidence to think, actually, I can do this. First of all, because I know what it means to welcome guests and to host. And secondly, because actually I can start in a way that is not too daunting for me and then I can work my way up. So a lot of the opportunities that we see um, sort of being taken by our beneficiary, particularly the one more marginalised at pretty much at entry level, but there are some fantastic stories of success, of promotion, of women sort of who have been sort of given the opportunity to start somewhere and through that first opportunity then fly and shine and and go on to develop further to perhaps they move on, maybe they have they discover sort of their full passion. But that's you know that the sector is quite unique in this way because if you look at others they will put many more barriers to entry. On the one hand, you know, you have a lot of women in the sector. On the other, talent is scarce and there is a war for talent going on. So, you know, let's try and create opportunity for matching and meeting the needs of the sector while in the same time giving, you know, women opportunities. And the result is that you know, you create really more a, a workforce that is more engaged, more loyal. And, uh, you know, with women in particular, once sort of they get the opportunity and they see that the employer believes in them, you know, there is a real desire to, to succeed. Within what you were saying, just brought about so many memories of me in travel, being able to witness that. And I think Again, it, it's maybe not as easy to understand if you haven't had that opportunity. But I remember um, I work a lot with artisan groups when I travel. That's who I like to connect with and bring my women's groups to meet because I feel like it allows understanding of culture and connection, but it also really brings in this unique, rich perspective. And I was um, sitting in circle with a group of artisans and we were drawing our why and we wanted to share like what is our why and why we're committed to what we want to do. And there was a young girl who had just joined this artisan cooperative and she walked in just a few minutes late and sat down as we were drawing these pictures. And then we all got up and shared and there was a translator for those that couldn't speak English to help share the stories. And you saw when she walked in, like she was kind of nervous, maybe a little bit intimidated because there was foreigners and people she didn't recognize. And she also didn't fully understand where she was yet because she had just kind of started this training program. And you started to see as people were going through this process and sharing their why, like how her body energy shifted just being a part of that circle. And you could feel her realizing what she stepped into and all of the opportunity that started laying itself in front of her, just like over the course of this hour. And it was so powerful to just see this shift of possibility and witness it through her eyes. And then two days later, I happened to meet her on the street and she gave me a big hug. And it was as if the sense of belonging and possibility that she had was like wrapped around her and it was yeah. it was just amazing and it it's not um it's not always the largest action but it creates the largest ripple absolutely and i think like you said women are so engaged in their community that she's probably going to go and tell 
you know, her sisters or friends and community about this experience. And, and then that's where I think we really see um, women in travel, especially in that level, creating such a dynamic shift and impact. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ultimately, you know, we are there to help our community of beneficiaries identify income generation opportunities and employment opportunities through travel, tourism and hospitality. One of the things that we always do and that sort of your story kind of reminded me of is the coming together in the mentoring and whether it's, you know, mentoring group, mentoring circle or one-to-one, mentoring's at the heart of everything that we do. And what you find is that when women come together, you know, there is this spark, this magic that is being created because their focus is never on themselves. It's always on supporting and helping others. So what you get is how can I help you? Where do you hurt? And how can I support you with your challenges or your issues? And so I think immediately there is this kind of, you know, sisterhood being created and it kind of provides a network, it provides a support and it provides a source of inspiration and belonging. And as you were saying, so I absolutely am not surprised by what you've just described because that's what we experience in our mentoring circle and in um sort of mentoring interventions all the time and often although you know the training program that we run um sort of provide the women with valuable skills often the things that really sticks with them is the mentoring thank you for bringing that up because that is definitely i think that's actually how i first was connected to you and during the pandemic the amount of mentoring that that women in travel shifted to create uh, was immense and watching that unfold over the internet and seeing what was happening. I, I was really like, what is this community? This is incredible. Yeah. I believe that mentoring is like the absolutely most important thing that we need in our lives, whether it's in businesses uh, personally or professionally, that's how humans can like share and connect. And so I was really excited to see that platform, but I would love for you to talk a little bit more about mentorship and especially um, what that meant during or has meant during this continued pandemic. Yeah, sure. So mentoring is really at the heart of what we do. When I, in fact, mentoring sort of became the core area of work for Shine when I co-founded Shine all those years ago, 2004. And I think that at the time, especially here in the UK, mentoring was something that the industry would, would do, but possibly very informally and possibly not sort of in a way that was sort of structured. And when we interviewed and sort of worked with women, we kept on hearing that mentoring was the one thing that they felt was missing from the training and development that the industry might offer. And that there was a big difference with men who seemed to be regularly mentored and regularly perhaps sponsored or, you know, supported by other peers and by their seniors. So we started to work on mentoring. And in fact, I qualified myself in those days. And I really haven't looked back since because mentoring has been a constant source of 
fulfillment and discovery and appreciation and really fantastic outcomes for me as a mentor, but also for those who experience, you know, for what I've learned from other during the process of mentoring, because mentoring, it's always a two-way relationship. And during the pandemic, we felt that, you know, right at the beginning, there were so many women who, you know, they were saying, I feel really upset, or I'm really scared, or I've just lost my job, or I'm about to lose my job, or my income is gone. What do I do next? And we started to run this mentoring circle just to try and give some support to tell the women, look, you're not on your own. There is a community out here and you can absolutely be part of it. And it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. And eventually we actually got some funding to run some more mentoring programs and some more sort of circle. And we haven't really stopped. And so we regularly run mentoring and in and out, sort of in into companies sometimes, outside. And, you know, it is a fantastic way for women to come together, share their viewpoint and appreciate, collaborate, ask questions, find answers without fear of being judged, without fear of being sort of um, deemed inappropriate or stupid. You know, there's no such thing as a, as a stupid question. And in total sort of confidential, in a socially confidential and safe environment. So we are massive believer of, of mentoring. And uh, what can I say? We are absolutely adamant that is one of the best ways to develop women. Thank you for sharing that. I agree. I just, I feel like there's just endless opportunities. And like you said, it's such an even exchange and it's a different dynamic than coaching or business training or like it's so deeply personal it's much more intimate and it, it yeah. just allows for this this great way to connect and like you said during this time just make it through really I've been a, a part of a couple different women's communities and I think without that I don't know that I would still be sitting here in this yeah. industry today I mean yeah. it's been a really rough go obviously um and so i think that's so important so um i just really appreciate that that component the other programs that that you offer with women in travel are your employability and entrepreneurship um would you mind talking a little bit about both of those so our listeners can understand that as well absolutely so basically women in travel is based on two pillars one pillar is program and the other one is community so the programs are employability, where we support sort of marginalized women or women who are vulnerable to find employment. The second one is enterprising and particularly focusing on the tour guide. And so creating also micro entrepreneurship, which is something that, again, I'm quite passionate about. And I think there's plenty of opportunity and need for it in travel and tourism and particularly on the sort of women's side and then mentoring coaching that is really pervasive and sort of wraps around everything that we do the other side is community and so the multicultural community what used to be called uh, the BAME women in travel community but we have now renamed multicultural because we think it's a much more inclusive uh, terminology 
and also the the male allyship network is the other community because we think it's very important to get men to part to be part of this conversation and to make sure that men are understanding and supportive of sort of gender diversity and, and inclusion so I don't know if this answered exactly what you had asked me, but the idea is that sort of we run programs that lead to employment or income generation when it comes to entrepreneurship. And as I was saying, you know, the tour guide is one sector that we are focusing on because we feel that, you know, across the world, tour guiding is done in very different way. But there is an opportunity and a need for you know, more personal, more local, more, if you like, customized uh, type of tours that offer insights and memorable sort of moments and experiences to do with, you know, community and culture that are perhaps different from our own. And those don't require, you know, jumping on, on a flight they can be done much closer home and therefore they are also very much of their time. And this fits very well also with a lot of the women that we see because often the women are juggling a variety of sort of needs and a variety of sort of situations. So, you know, thinking about a single household with children. So obviously there'll be... you know, the need for flexibility. And so tour guiding, in a way, offers that kind of flexibility and the ability to to run a business on your own terms. So it is quite suitable and appealing to many of the beneficiaries that we see. Yeah, I had an interview focused on tour guides and the, the importance, and it was such a, um, just, I think, really brilliant and conversation in an area that we don't focus a lot a very underlooked absolutely the industry and uh, especially the way you're speaking about it where where this allows again for this storytelling and this connection when you can bring in local tour guides who really maybe all they do is talk about their neighborhood or their region or their village or their community Um, they don't have to be super specialized. So this allows that entry barrier, like you said, to be lower, but it also increases the value of the experience like tenfold, a hundredfold because of this perspective that they can only offer. And um, I I love that that is one of the the focuses that you have. Um, I did want to talk a little bit more about the um, male allyship network. You briefly mentioned that, but I know this is also something, especially with my conversations being women focused, talking a lot about gender equality and reducing inequality, um, that bringing male voices into the conversation is critical to creating that equality. So I would love for you to share a little bit more about your motivation behind that network and what that's offering. Sure. Um, So the Male Allyship Network is something that sort of is relatively new. It was launched before the summer on the back of a roundtable with about 30 uh, senior male leaders that happened during the International Women in Travel and Tourism Forum, which is our annual event. And I think that there is a desire to sort of be part of that conversation on the 
are senior male leaders. I think that there is a often sort of an aspect almost of, I don't want to say fear, but discomfort about getting in those conversations freely because it is often the case. And, you know, senior leaders are often male. They are often similar to each other, you know, not much diversity there either. And they tend to feel almost cornered, you know, almost um, pointed at as the, you know, as the guilty ones. And it was quite liberating, actually, I think, to hear so many of them saying, oh, I absolutely want to be part of the conversation and I absolutely want to be of support and help and mentor a woman because as you know, as you become an ally, you have the opportunity to mentor someone. But actually, I almost see the more value in being mentored by the woman. So there is, again, this two-way conversation that opens up opportunity for learning. But, you know, yes, you know, from the women on the part of the women, but also on the part of the senior ally. So the idea is that, you know, we come together, we have a network at the moment, it's about um, 15, 18 senior leaders. Some of them are chief executives, some of them are senior directors, and, you know, they are British, but not only. And so it, it is an international network. And the idea is that, you know, they gain an opportunity to acquire gender intelligence, and understanding. And this understanding is very valuable to them because being at the top, you know, of some large and sort of um, international companies, they have often, if you like, left the shop floor, but still want to know, still need to know about, you know, what does it feel like to be a woman in the sector? What does it feel like? to be looking for your next opportunity or promotion, or perhaps, you know, you are an entrepreneur looking to scale up a business. So I think that this is a great opportunity to hear from a greater variety of, of voices, but also to tap into the senior leader's expertise. And it's interesting that, you know, many of the women are saying, I feel that I really lack a, a male perspective. You know, and someone who is that senior and has navigated a career has so much to offer. And so we invite men, male leaders to become part of this network. And we we have as an objective this this year, 2022, to add another 25 internationally. And then at that point, you know, they become available to mentors. So the call, it's also for action. It's also on women to think about, you know, sending their sort of request for a mentor and and then, you know, seeing what great opportunity may come with having someone who is there to support you, someone who has huge experience of the industry, who might be sitting at the top of a large company and that in any case is dedicated to your goal. Mm-hmm. So brilliant. It just makes me so excited to hear how that has shaped. And I just, I can think of, you know, working in the industry in companies, usually it was a male CEO or COO and, um, and, and really knowing that they've grown up within the industry that they started perhaps uh, in a, a company 
at the bottom, um, uh, maybe especially where I worked in adventure travel, they, they started as yeah. these people who were just, you know, explorers and adventurers who were excited about travel. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, not all of a sudden, but, you know, they worked their way as this company grew. So like you said, they have this wealth of experience, but me as a entry level worker, as a female, there was definitely this barrier that I wasn't allowed to access this wealth of knowledge, even though I was really curious about what their experiences were, you know, what they'd learned, what what they could see as the future of travel, but there wasn't a space for that connection or where that would be an appropriate dialogue for so many reasons. I can only imagine and again, like you said, going both ways, maybe this person would love to share their experience, but they feel like maybe that's inappropriate to to cross these levels of either gender or roles within a company because of the ways things are structured these days that they can't do that. So I think this just, um, I'm so excited to see what this allows for and growth for both the male allies and the women participating in this group. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's creating the platform is almost, you know, giving the permission to be involved in the conversation, whereas they might not do for a variety of reasons if, you know, if the platform hadn't been created. So I'm really grateful to, you know, to the senior leaders who came together, who who thought that this would be a good idea and something they wanted to be involved because I think it can be very powerful. So I look forward to seeing how it develops in 22. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for everything that you've shared so far. Um, I want to make sure that people know uh, where they can reach out and connect with you at Women in Travel. Um, you briefly mentioned the International Women in Travel and Tourism Forum, but if you could share a little bit more about that and how people can um, learn more. Um, and then I have few questions at the end definitely so i mean obviously our website as a point of reference women in travel cic.com it's available people should feel free to contact me alessandra at women in travel cic.com and there are uh, you know we have two large events or two bigger events that we run yearly one is the international women in travel and tourism forum that we hope will take place in person this year for the third time. Um, and it's likely to happen before the summer. Unfortunately, we don't have a, um, a fixed date yet that I can announce, but watch this space is going to be soon. And then the other event is the multicultural summit that tends to take place in October during Black History Month here in the UK. But, you know, the mentoring circles are open networking is also happening on a regular basis and there are several opportunities to get involved if you are an employer and you are listening to this please get in touch if you are a woman and you are thinking i could benefit from mentoring or from a male allyship um sort of relationship please get in touch and we'll do our best to support you yeah Thank you so, so much. This has just been such a delightful conversation. Um, I have, I always end my conversations with a series of rapid fire questions and they're more based on you as a traveler. So people get to know you. So we'll end with those seven questions. Um, the first is what is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or inspires adventure? 
I think the um, El Camino, one of the uh, film, you know, on the Santiago de Compostela route, that's, that's a fantastic film that really inspires. And I think it does really embodies the spirit of transformational travel. What is always in your suitcase when you travel? I would say a pashmina because never mind where you go, you find a way to use it, whether it's, you know, to cover your shoulder or to sit on, or I, I find that it's ever so helpful to have in your suitcase. That's one of my, my top recommendations to women who travel with me as well. So uh, what has been your favorite destination? Oh, my God, I have so many. I mean, I'm lucky enough to come from one of the most beautiful cities in the world, Florence. And that must be a top destination, although I call it obviously it's home for me. But it's always beautiful to to go back to Florence. And I have absolutely loved Thailand um, and particularly the Chiang Mai region. And I found it very creative, very unique. And I also, my husband is Spanish and I also love Spain. And I have some fantastic memories of Rioja and also of Andalusia. Thank you. Uh, I love Chiang Mai as well. I was so surprised when I went to Thailand. It was one of the places I wanted to go, but I wasn't sure why. And in the end, it ended up being like one of my favorite places that I spent time in. Where do you still long to visit? I think I would love to go to Peru. That's one of my bucket list destinations. So beautiful. Uh, What do you eat that immediately connects you to a place you've been? I love food and I'm a very curious eater. I think food is absolutely part of your travel experience. So I think eating local with the locals is the best. Yes, agreed. And sometimes you don't even know what you're eating and it's magical when you have those experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Who is the person that inspired or encouraged you to set out and explore the world? Well, I think in terms of travel as an industry, I think the person who really inspired and who was probably my mentor in the early days was Philip Mann, who used to be the president of the WTTC and and is still a very active member of the travel and tourist community, passionate about environment and, and sustainable tourism. I think he showed me the beauty of the travel and tourist sector. In terms of actual travel, are you thinking of a person who inspires me to travel? Yeah, just whoever kind of kind of showed you the way or 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 got you excited about travel. Well, in all honesty, I think my parents did that. As I mentioned at the beginning, you know, we would travel every summer, we would jump in the car. And my father would drive around Europe and, and we would spend time visiting France or Germany. You know, in the 80s, we went all the way to Turkey from Italy. It was a three weeks journey and quite an experience and um, Greece. So I think, yes, I would say that um, my parents have always encouraged me to explore. Definitely. Yeah, I love hearing about European road trips of my guests that grew up in in Europe. And it's mind boggling to me to think about driving to 
turkey or something like that because growing, yeah. growing up in the U.S., we don't really, you know, you just drive for days and you're still in the United States. So I love that it's mind-boggling yeah. and exciting. The diversity is amazing. If you could take an adventure with one person, fictional or real, alive or past, who would it be? That's a very good question. I think, I don't know if it's an adventure, but I would have loved to be in London with the suffragettes um, to explore, you know, London and to be part of their struggle. We owe so much to them. Um, I also, um, and we mentioned Celine Cousteau before, you know, our uh, podcast started, but, you know, of, I grew up with Jacques Cousteau doing some fantastic, you know, dives and I love water, I love the sea and I grew up enjoying the sea. So that would have been an amazing experience. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I agree. And I, my, one of my people would be to adventure actually with Celine because um, the way she engages with indigenous communities and yeah. her passion for travel is so aligned with mine. So, uh, well, thank you so, so much again for joining me, for sharing so much about your journey and women in travel. And I hope that uh, people listening have really been inspired to start to engage in community and connection this way. Thank you so much. It's been lovely being on the podcast and thank you again for this opportunity and look forward to um, seeing what, what comes next on your podcast and following them. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If you love this conversation, I encourage you to subscribe, rate the podcast, and share the episodes that inspire you with others. I am so proud of the way these conversations are bringing together people from around the world. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I am so happy you are here. You can find all the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourns community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can learn more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can see details about the transformational sojourns I guide for women, as well as my book Sojourn, which offers an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. I am all about community and would love to connect. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective. Or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or at Solo Travel Podcast. Stay up to date by joining the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.